Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Chats with Yvonne podcast, Public Speaking con Cultura, with me, your host, Yvonne Armenta. I talk about public speaking because I love it, and I want to help you love it, too. Today's segment is all about how I started my public speaking journey, how I started getting paid to public speak. I realized that I've shared bits and pieces about how I got started, but have never provided you the story. So today, we're going to get right into it. And I'm going to start from the beginning. Now, I talk a lot about us wanting to recognize that we engage in the art of public speaking more often than we think, especially as Latinas, first gens. I mean, need I remind us of the important conversations we've had over the phone for our parents when we were like six years old? Or maybe you can recall the moments in Tre Familia when you're telling stories of how your baby brother threw up that one time when you visited Mexico that started an entire train of people throwing up. I'm sorry for the visual, but you get it. And then everyone in the room starts laughing so loud that it feels like the building's shaking. You're a storyteller, a communicator. You always have been. We've been practicing for years. So... While I will get to how I started getting paid to public speak, I want to start off my public speaking story at home. Estoy en mi casa. I'm at home in her small apartment wearing a sparkly dress with matching plastic tacones from Big Lots. If you know, you know. And one of those jumbo giant echo microphones you get from Dollar Tree. Like, please, someone tell me you know what I'm talking about. My bestie at the time is visiting and we're matching. We're all decked out performing because we can. Having the time of our lives. This is the very beginning of my public speaking journey. Before I even knew it. Outside of the four walls of the apartment my mom, brother, and I shared, I was a shy, reserved version of Yvonne because I felt I needed to be for reasons that I won't get into today, but mostly because I'm an introvert who is also very social. From as early as I can remember, I've always loved performing. Even if my only audience member was my reflection in the mirror. Cantando Gloria Trevi, bailando al ritmo de punta, and even pretending I was in a novela and was the main love interest riding in on her horse. And if you think I'm playing, you can ask my family why one of my nicknames is Ramona. They'll tell you it's because I had one of those horse head sticks and would run into the room yelling, Ahí viene la niña Ramona! Because that was my favorite scene from the novela. Being on my stage felt like an escape from my reality. And that's also what school felt like for me. In elementary, I dived deep into my schoolwork. I loved learning because it introduced me to new worlds, even new versions of Yvonne. My most cherished memories are in fourth and fifth grade. I was a part of Carnaval in San Francisco, dressing up and performing. My teachers involved us in Raza Nights where we learned about Cesar Chavez and would later perform a play. We danced and sang in talent shows organized by my teachers. And in more occasions than one, I was the MC. I vividly remember my favorite outfit I ever wore to one of these. I was MCing our performance, and I think it was 70s themed. I had a baby blue shirt on that was way too big on me because I borrowed it from my mom, light blue bell-bottom jeans, and a matching blue sparkly scarf that I used as a bandana and headband. I was always so concerned with my outfits and wanted to put my all into these because they were fun. Because I realized that these were the moments where little, shy, reserved, and nerdy Vaughn was called upon to speak, to take up space, and be entertaining. 
It was in those moments where I didn't need to be the version of Yvonne that everyone was used to and could be the version of Yvonne that I lived with every day. The introvert that carried inside of her a yearn to connect with people. It's important for me to mention this right here, but I'd like for you to consider dropping every single thing you assume about introverts and instead lean more into the idea that because we're all unique, there isn't one way of being an introvert. I have to say that now because a lot of people will often say to me, Yvonne, you don't seem like an introvert. Oh, but I am. Or on the other hand, wow, Yvonne, I didn't even know that you could do that. Go on stage and speak so well because they're used to seeing me in spaces where my introverted nature dominates. I may fit every box that defines being an introvert. And at the same time, you might be surprised by the not so apparent ways an introvert is an introvert, even when they are social. One is not always related to the other, despite how much we like to think so. Just wanted to make that disclaimer because being an introvert is now a huge part of how I talk about public speaking. My life on the stage continued all throughout middle school. I was on scholarship at a private middle school in my city, and the amount of incredible experiences I had there, I will forever be thankful for. One of those being our school having money to fund our arts department. Because of it, I was in multiple plays and found that I really enjoyed acting. I was good at memorizing lines and not to toot my own horn, but let me toot it a little bit. I was good. I even played one of the main characters in a Shakespeare play. And the only reason I'm bringing this experience up is because I remember people being like, wow, Yvonne, you did so well. And granted, yes, I'm in middle school. They have to say that. But I could also sense that it was a little of that you're actually sort of good at this sort of thing. And maybe that's a me thing that I need to get over. But sometimes I do feel like I may not always give off this essence of being a super confident person on stage. But I am. Like, this is my superpower, y'all. High school is where it really started for me. This is the part of my public speaking journey that you're likely the most interested in because it's where I started diving into the art of public speaking. And not by choice either. My school's curriculum was based on project-based learning. It's a way of teaching where students learn by actively engaging in real world and personally meaningful projects. Our teachers worked extra hard to make every single class relevant to one another. If I was learning about revolutions in my history class, I was learning about obtuse, acute, 180 degree angles in geometry and using the learnings of one to reinforce the other. And if I'm being honest, that's why today I'm so good at relating public speaking to quite literally anything. I was taught how to think critically and recognize that things do not exist on their own. Everything is connected. While we had tests to take and homework to complete, we also had cool projects that we would work on based on our own interests, which, as you can imagine, made learning fun. I can talk about the impacts of this on my education some more if that's something people are interested in. But to stay on track, I want to share with you where public speaking started coming to life for me. Every project we had required us to think about how we would involve our community, or if you had an idea, for example, on how to fix our water supply, thinking about how you would pitch those in charge of fixing our water supply. Then, at the completion of every project, we'd have exhibition nights, a night we all prepared for for a long time, because it was no longer just our teachers who were going to see our work, but our friends and families. We would gather around in a room with our best outfits, our posters and note cards, ready to talk about what we had learned throughout our projects. And I promise you, we all complained about it every single day. I'm not even going to lie. But I can also tell you, 
that we felt a sense of accomplishment every single time we completed one. And we did these all the time. Add to that that we were on campus after hours, and I don't know why that was so fun, but it was. We took pictures together, we paced around while waiting for our friends and families to arrive, and we listened to one another's presentations. The sense of community is why I always say that public speaking is better when you have your people around. It makes it fun. Then, when we made it to the sophomore and senior year, we had our long presentations, which we called benchmark portfolio defenses, where we took bodies of work that we had completed throughout the years that we thought best showcased our growth as students and members of our community. Now, these were a big deal to us. We worked for months getting our projects to be their best and putting them together into a portfolio of work that we were proud of to then present, sometimes for hours, to a panel of our peers and teachers and an audience of family and friends and everyone else at the school. We were asked to follow a rubric to ensure we touched on everything and we also needed to attach a metaphor to our journey in high school as a way to paint a picture and tell the story of us through the projects we chose to showcase. We were making claims, providing evidence, and making it enjoyable. That's public speaking. I really wish you could all experience this and understand what it was like because it was so intense, but there was also something so comforting about it. In fact, when it was time for me to present my college success portfolio defense my senior year, practically my please let me graduate, I'm already grown presentation, it was featured on the teaching channel. You can look up the teaching channel, Yvonne, a deeper learner from Envision Education, and a YouTube video should come up. Please don't judge, I was and still am a bit of a machula. This is really where the spotlight was put on me. My experience in high school taught me so much about my process as a speaker, but also about my passion in helping others navigate their presentations. I presented earlier than the rest of my class, so that meant that when it was time for them to start outlining their presentations, I was able to talk to them about it and give my insights. I was coaching before I knew that was even a thing. Many people in the education space watch my video to learn from it and help advocate for project-based learning in their local education systems. Here is where I started getting paid to speak. In college, my first keynote presentation was to an audience of 1,500 people. I was asked if I wanted to be a keynote presenter for PBL World, a conference for project-based learning that brings educators together to engage in conversations and learn from one another. I remember when I received the email, I was like, what? This is a cool ass opportunity. Yes, I'll do it. And then stepped back and I was like, wait, what? Can I do this? But then I went back to being excited all over again. I already had so many ideas about how I would structure my presentation. I knew what story I needed to tell, what story I wanted to tell, and how I would bring the pieces together in a relevant way for everyone in the audience. I agreed and received a contract, which indicated how much I was going to get paid. And when I tell you, I was shook. I think it was 5,000 if I remember that correctly. And I had never, ever seen that much money in my life. I couldn't imagine that someone was going to pay me that much for 15 minutes of my time. This is where I started to break generational curses without even realizing it. I accepted and felt so unworthy of so much money for what I perceived to be something that I would have easily accepted to do for free. But I have to let you all know right now, there is money in the speaking industry and you deserve your share. From that keynote, I started getting invitations from more conferences and workshops. I got to travel to places I wouldn't have otherwise and every time a new opportunity came up, 
I remember thinking, gracias, mami. I didn't say it out loud, but I thanked her every time I signed a new contract and was flown off to the next location because I have her to thank for who I am today. She came to the United States from Mexico when she was 15. She became a single mom when I was two years old, worked minimum wage jobs to provide for my siblings and I. She taught me tenacity. Me enseñó a ponerme perra. And because I saw what she did for me, I was able to dive deep into those experiences and find and live out my passion. I got to stay in nice hotels, eat good food, and find myself as a speaker during this time. I vividly remember texting Abby, my high school English teacher, and being like, damn, people really get paid for this stuff. I can make a living out of this. And that's exactly what I did. From that moment forward, I leveraged public speaking to make an income apart from my 9 to 5. For a little bit, my public speaking was in the form of my current role at a company. One way or another, I've always been in front of a camera or leading company-wide meetings. I am a public speaking expert, and I call myself a public speaking creative because I think about public speaking as more than just getting your words right. It's an art that has so many different avenues of exploration, and our expressions of it make it unique to who we are. Today, I continue to host workshops, panels, and book speaking engagements that are now aimed at sharing my love for the art of public speaking and helping others love it too. As a first-gen Latina introvert who came from a low-income community, single mom, there is just a uniqueness to my experience, to our experience, that the industry is severely lacking. I'm tired of seeing white men on the biggest stages. I cannot stand that our comunidad doesn't feel that we can show up on stage as we are. I want more of us to get paid to speak, to get booked to share our truth and our expertise. Es lo justo. That's why I do what I do and I share what I share. Public speaking con cultura. It's needed. As you heard, my public speaking journey and how I got started in it is a bit unique. And maybe you want to get started with booking speaking engagements, but you're not sure where to start. I recently shared this with someone that reached out to me and I'll share it here too. Announce that you are open for speaking engagements and let people know the topics you're discussing. Start putting yourself out there in your lane of expertise. Research events in your area by location, demographic, the type of conference, is it a conference, a meetup, is it free, is there an entry fee? You can either use these as networking opportunities to then get a paid speaking gig, or you can directly apply to speak at these conferences. I like to think about it like a job application. I ask myself, what conferences do I want to be a part of and that are already in my network? Or maybe they're not in your network, so you need to find someone to get you there. I'd get crystal clear on what your goal is so that when you do your outreach, people can feel aligned with your vision. And lastly, reach out to me. If I have someone in my network that I can introduce you to, I will. If you see that I've worked somewhere that now hosts a conference, reach out. If you want to talk education, reach out. I can connect you to thought leaders in the space and help you get booked. This is our public speaking community, and that means we look out for one another. Thank you for being here today. This was today's episode of the Chats with Yvonne podcast, Public Speaking con Cultura. I hope to have you back again. And for today, I'll end today's segment like I do my Ponte Perra Affirmations podcast episode. It just seems fitting. Remember, Ponte Bien Perra perro, and everything else in between and outside these gender terms, and let's share our powerful voices with the world. Gracias, everybody.